In the name of God, in the name of these suffering people, whose cries rise to heaven more loudly each day, I implore you, I beg you, I order you in the name of God, stop this repression. These were the words spoken from a pulpit by Oscar Romero, a bishop in El Salvador in the late 1970s. And those words have been sounding in my ears this week. This week as I heard cries of suffering people rising to heaven more loudly each day in the wake of the murders of the eight in Georgia. Cries of suffering people rising to heaven over these people and also over the terror rained down on Asian and Asian Americans in this country. Another reminder of what Asian Americans have known for a very long time. We still swim in the waters of a violent racism. Our institutions are built on such things. And we haven't reckoned with what all this means. We are born into a world that we did not build, a family we did not choose, a complex web of relationships, some that bless and others that curse, some relationships that give life and others that destroy life. And when I heard these cries this week, the prayer that came to me was pretty basic. Where are you, Jesus? Why can't I see you? That's not much different from what the Greeks are asking in the gospel today. That's the challenge about what's going on in this encounter. The Greeks say, we want to see Jesus. And Jesus responds, if you want to see me, if you really want to find me, follow me. Watch the path I walk, and walk it behind me. You will see me on this path. He says this to foreshadow the kind of death he will die, and that this path, the way of the cross, this is not just for him. This is for anyone who wants to follow him. That haunting line from our gospel today gives me pause. Whoever serves me, must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. Serving Jesus is one thing. I can get behind that pretty easily. Worshiping Jesus is one thing. But following him, especially when we know that the road to the cross is ahead of him, feels like a bigger ass. Jesus continues on, Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life will lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. What I appreciate about how John witnesses to the gospel is that no matter what is happening, and in this case, the preparation for the cross, John doesn't lose sight of the whole picture. 
He trusts that even in the pain and agony, and even in the doubt, all of this ends in resurrection. It all ends in the redemption of all creation. John is someone who followed Jesus, and he trusted that following Jesus leads to true glory. And someone who knew that Johannine hope so intimately was Oscar Romero, whose words I started with. He ministered in El Salvador in the time leading up to the Civil War. Many people were living in poverty, while an elite group manipulated all political and economic power. And what kept it that way were death squads. Romero got close to the poor and became an outspoken defender of these victims of widespread violence, abduction, and mass murder. When the violence was so great and the information so suppressed, Romero began preaching over the radio. In each broadcast, he would always do two things. First, he would share the good news, the stories of hope, connection, the letters of solidarity he had received from all over the world. He would share that with everyone. And then he would list the names of every single person who had been tortured or murdered that week. He remembered the people who were treated like they were disposable, desecrated, violated. Romero was shot and killed in the middle of worship after he had just preached today's gospel. He knew not in some theory or idea, he knew practically what it was like to lose his life. Not every one of us will be called to become martyrs in the way that Romero did, but every one of us is called to lose our lives in some way to lose the lives that become indifferent to the cries around us, to lose the lives that shy away from the difficulties, to lose the lives that make us too comfortable. And in place of that, the true joy is found when we are called to gain real life, gain eternal life, gain lives oriented toward God's glory that involve complete self-giving, so much joy found in just sharing your life. That little grain of wheat, it is not destroyed. It instead dies as just one grain and is reborn in the form of a wide field full of wheat. We can only gain our lives by realizing that we are called to follow Christ into relationships of communion truly giving of ourselves for others, finding our place in mutually transforming relationships. The eight people who died this week in Georgia did not deserve to die. Their death is an injustice. Their death is caused by sin so complex and insidious, so sneaky and incomprehensible. These were mothers and grandmothers, friends, neighbors, people who did not have the option to work remotely during this time. 
people who cared for bodies, and theirs were not cared for in return. As Romero said the day before his murder, the church cannot remain silent before such an abomination. God's law must prevail, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. So what does it look like for us here and now to live Lent at this moment in time? Lent is not a season of punishment, a season of just trying to make ourselves as miserable as possible for as long as possible until we can finally eat chocolate on Easter Sunday. Lent is about learning to be contrite. It is a season of contrition. One of my teachers of Old Testament, she helped me understand what contrition was, and she says it really beautifully. Contrition means finding the courage to let your heart break over sin. It is willingly letting your heart break and then offering those pieces to God. There is freedom in contrition, in letting your heart break over the sin you find in the world, the sin you find in your family or neighborhood, the sin you find in yourself. There is freedom in naming those things as sin and offering them to God to be redeemed. We have one week left before Holy Week begins, the second Holy Week in this pandemic. If you, like many people, have struggled to figure out something to give up or take on, somehow to offer a Lenten sacrifice to God this year, there is still time. Try this. Draw close to those whose hearts are especially broken right now. However you can do this, just find the courage to let your heart break over the sin in this world and offer those pieces to God to be redeemed. I promise you that Jesus lives in that embrace of brokenness that Jesus is already there waiting for you to follow him there. Jesus really wants to see you there. I am sure of it. The only question for us today is this. Do you really want to see him?